Hey, Crosswalk. I'm Mike Rhinus, one of the pastors here. We just want to welcome you to our special Easter service today. If you're joining us for the first time, I want to say a special welcome to you. Thank you for being here with us. If you're watching online, welcome. We're so glad that you're part of our community. Here at Crosswalk, we are striving to be a community that loves well. We are a place of belonging. And if you're coming here, joining us today, we want you to feel welcome. We want you to feel loved. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're coming from, what you're dressed as or look like. We just want you to be here and to feel that love of God in your life. So there's a lot of ways for you to be connected to us. You could go to our website, crosswalkvillage.com. You could find us on Instagram or look us up on Facebook. Those are ways that you can get to know who we are, what we're doing. Just so you know, every Saturday we meet at 9 a.m., 10.30, and 12. We have those three services, and we also have kids' classes from ages 0 to 18. Those are at the 10.30 hour. So you're welcome to bring your kids, have them be involved here. We'd love to have them. Today's a special day. We are going to have baptisms after every service. And if you are feeling called or convicted to dedicate your life to God today for the first time or to rededicate your life today, we've done our best to remove every barrier. So we are going to have everything you need in order to accept that call and follow that call. So look for more information in the service today. Um, also, if you're blessed by the worship, we're going to invite you to a special Easter Unplugged service tonight at 6 p.m. It's going to be held in the walk. That's in our north building. It's just going to be an opportunity to continue to sing the songs that we sing here today and worship God. And so we invite you to that 6 p.m. tonight in the walk. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We hope that you are inspired by the love of God, by the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. My silence, I can hear you, but I'm afraid to be near you, and I don't know where to begin, and I don't know where to begin. Somewhere in the desert, there's a forest and an acre before us, but I don't know where to begin no i don't know where to begin again i've lost myself completely open near me tired old man with the wind in your hair amethyst and flowers on the table is it real or a fable? Well, I suppose a friend is a friend. And we all know how this will end. Chimney Swift that finds me be my keeper. Still a wet of the cedar. What is that song you sing for the dead? What is that song? You sing for the dead, I see the signal search night strike me in my window of my room, but I got nothing to prove. 
Well, I got nothing to prove. Forgive you, mother. I came to hear you, and I long to be near you. But every road leads to an end. Yes, every road leads to an end. Your apparition passes through me in the willows, five red hens. You'll never see us again. Never see us again. Death is chaos. It's not silence. It doesn't seem like it would be, right? It seems like it would be the great sleep, the final breath, the relaxing exhale that ceases all activity. However, that's not what it is. Perhaps for those who have passed it is, but for us, the leftovers, the remnant of a life, we deal with the chaos that is death. It's because there's a residue to living. There's an everglow. There's this fading light. There are ripples, right? Death is not solitary, nor is life. There's not one thing that does not affect another. Our lives, even as short as they are, create kind of a great fireworks, the kind that burn into our retinas so that we see them when our eyes are closed. Now imagine if that life was one that was full, connected both to God and to one another, 100%, no walls. Think of those fireworks, but then think of the darkness. Think of the chaos left by that resounding silence. We dreamed of a Savior. We had one. We lost him. What's worse, to never have had and never lose or to lose it completely? The feeling of empty hands that held something is worse than the feeling of forever empty hands waiting. I think of those men and women, women watching Jesus go into the grave slowly, watching their hopes fade like so many fireworks fading into the night sky, the resonance of their thunder fading into whispers in the darkness. As you stand, watching fireworks, you know, we always ask that question, right? Is this the finale? Because so much of what we watch seems like it might be. And his life was like this, thunderous healing, words that cut through the night like an explosion of color, different patterns that burn into the back of our eyes. Was this the finale, we would ask? Watching one unbelievable act after another unbelievable act. But you know when the finale is because 
It is so much more than what we have seen before. Only this finale seemed different. It wasn't the expansion of the night sky through the overwhelming tapestry of color. It was a whisper. It was a bowl. It was a basin and an arrest. It was a trial, a torture, and a cross. On Friday, they asked, is this the finale? Can this be it? And silence. On Saturday, they sat with the fear that it was all finished, the chaos of quiet, the chaos of darkness, the chaos of the not knowing, not ignorance of what had passed, but without hope for what is to come. Do you remember trying to sleep when there are just too many thoughts in your head? There's this chaos of clutter, right, of caution, of confusion. Imagine the disciples, heads full of salvation and into pain, full of compassion and hope, watching it all be dashed upon the rocks of his death. And death on a cross, the sinner's death. The death of a criminal, a death of inconsequence, an ignominious death, shameful for everyone involved. But then there was the chaos of the quiet, this living in the afterglow, the everglow of his life. Like so many echoes of voices asking, was that the finale? Is it all over? Can that be it? But you see, it's in the everglow that we feel the ripples of life, the impact, even in the chaos of death. Even in the darkness, there is always a light.
the light that you give me will ever glow. So there was this humming that just didn't stop, a ringing in the ears, a resonance of that thunder. On that day, that quiet Sabbath, it wouldn't stop. The everglow remains. The sustaining sound of heaven takes much longer to quiet in the hearts and ears and minds of those who knew him. Something was being created. Something was unwilling to stay quiet. Something was happening. You see, not everyone can create something out of nothing. That is God's prerogative. And nothing can be created from death unless you are bigger than death itself. Unless death is something that you can conquer. Death had held no value in the life of Jesus. It had held no sway. Oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? The apostle knew this. He knew. He understood that there was nothing of this death for Jesus. It is no place here. Not in the creation of all things. Not in the recreation of a life unable to be held by death's grip. In the beginning was the Word. And that was all that there needed to be. Every creature, every plant, every molecule came forth from the Word of God. That Word who has a name. We didn't know it then, but we know it now. He was there at the creation of the world it was for him and by him, the firstborn of all creation, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He holds all things together by his mighty arm. 
And the whole universe bows to his will. Even death bows. Even death on a cross. This slave's death is not powerful enough to keep him in the grave. Even the grave that held him was created by him. The dirt and the rocks are his, and he supersedes that grave. You see, he says, peace be still, and the waters calm. The winds cease their bluster. He tells sickness to leave. It does. He tells us we are forgiven. We are. He creates in us new life, and we are made new. He gives us promises that last millennia, and he tells death to disgorge him, and he is given back. So in him, we understand resurrection not resuscitation. This resurrection, this new thing never seen before, did not just simply push death aside, but obliterated it from existing with any power, with any promise, with any prayer of holding down anyone who would call him Lord and Savior. We now see death as different. Death is pause, not present. Sleep, not forever, but fleeting. Death ceases to be chaos because it is not death. It is only the pause between life here and life there. It is the yet of the not yet, the soon of the soon coming. It is no longer an escape, but a Sabbath to our forever week, a moment to catch our breath before abundance and forever. Ridiculous? Yeah, of course but no more so than creation and resurrecting. Our narrative is not the narrative of the normal, but the overwhelming and unconditional narrative of grace and love and forever. Are we foolish to believe? Sure, of course. But even more foolish to disbelieve because to look no greater love in the face to see creation's own creator in the flesh and not take the chance on his forever goodness is the greatest foolishness of all. This makes sense to those who believe, but it's still surrender, and surrender's hard. It's never the easy choice, but it's the right choice. But even in this surrender comes from that word. See, the word simply said, let there be, and there was day and night and mountains and ocean, all of it from the words of the word.
of the view. Come on. Is resurrecting in your name to declare oh the resurrecting is resurrecting by your spirit I will rise. Hey, come on. The Resurrected in your name. Ha! 
ever seen inside the tomb. The tomb where soldiers watched in vain. Come on, what's borrowed? Let's go. Church, let's keep celebrating him. We sing today as one voice, as one church. See that? People come together, strangers, neighbors. Children of generations. So don't let your heart be troubled. Come on. Hold your head. Don't fear no evil. And fix your eyes on this one. You got his madly in love. So take courage. Hold on. Be strong. Remember where. Come on, let's see it with all our soul. victory come on cross rock let's sing his name today jesus Let's declare it today. 
Sing it out, every voice, swing wide. Swing wide, all you heavens. Let the praise go up as the walls come down. Our creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, his name is G. Come on, Crosswalk, you ready to lift your voice? Here we go. Come on!
Feel free to take a seat. So this is the invitation. We're not going to be shy about it. This resurrection is not meant to be a solitary event. It was not meant to be solely in a cold grave for one man. But it was given by God to every man, to every woman, that everyone who would believe in him would have eternal life, says the Gospel of John. But life doesn't begin with death. It begins today with the decision to choose to follow Jesus, to be with him, to go where he goes. This life is not simply an escape route to forever, but forever and abundance begins now. Blessings, peace, forgiveness, purpose, and power all begin now with this one choice, with this one decision. And for those of you who have chosen this maybe long ago, perhaps it's time to renew what you promised and pick up the life that was given to you before, it's so easy to slip into the commonality of our lives. But we were not meant, and we were not given common lives. We were given lives that were not, we were not given lives that were promised to be easy, but lives that take courage to live. Lives that are emboldened by His power and His grace. You are invited as well, again, to see the goodness that is living for Jesus. There's this text where Jesus speaks and he seeks to put our priorities in order for us. It's Matthew 16, 24 through 26. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Listen, we admit the paradox of this statement, to die is to live, to lose is to gain. But that will always be the arithmetic of the kingdom of God. It's not our rules. It's not our math. It's not our logic. But that's the way God works, not humanity. When we try to put God into boxes, our boxes of logic, of reason, we are sorely disappointed, as it doesn't make our kind of sense. But what has our kind of sense brought to us anyway? Can we truly say that our kind of thinking has created the world that we long to live in, that we long to give our children? Does mercy and kindness follow us? Does hope and compassion become the compelling narrative of our lives? Has grace and mercy become the most overwhelming expression of our personalities? Or do we need something more to bring us this truth? So what is the bridge that carries us to something more, to something better, to the best of what we can be? That bridge is the distance between death and life. And that bridge has a name. His name is Jesus. His name is the invitation to something new. His life is the invitation to a new life, a new existence, to a new reality that can change everything for you and has for so many of us already. We have been taken to the margins of faith at time, to the place where we are uncomfortable to be because this is where life becomes real. This is when the hope becomes palpable and the grace becomes overwhelming. But it does take courage to accept the invitation to change everything. Because that does mean letting go. 
Letting go of control. Letting go of what you hold dear. Letting go of everything to gain everything. You can't hold on to what you have. You have to let it go. And we want to recognize that there is pain and fear in that. There's pain and loss in giving up everything. Anxiety. We get that. We honor that. But we also know that there is so much more that has been promised to you through Jesus, through his life, his death, and resurrection. And your courage, as powerful as it is, is nothing compared to the courage it took to bear our burdens, to carry our sins to the cross and through the darkness, to wait in the chaos of the quiet, to be resurrected into new life with the burdens all burned off, taken away and forgotten. It's been done already for you. What are you carrying that is too much of a burden? What are you holding on to that you can't let go of? Because the invitation is not for your baggage. You get to leave that. It's not for your pain. You get to be healed of that. It's not for your grudges or your revenge. That's left up to God now. The invitation is for you, the whole of you, to be made new with a new trajectory, a new purpose, and to become a renewed creation. To participate in his death so you can participate in his life. For you see, it's not the hope in the death only, but it is the hope in the living Savior, the risen Christ, the one whose kingdom reigns forever. The Jewish scholars, they had it right. His kingdom will reign forever and ever, but it was because the colonel had to die in order that the kingdom could be a part of every single one of us. Today, if you've never felt invited before, it's here. You are invited into the living hope that is Jesus Christ. He wore your sins and he bore your shame so that you, so that me, in all of our temporality, in all of our beginnings and endings, would have the chance at not just eternal hope, but abundant life. God has so much more than you can even imagine, not ease, but purpose. Not financial blessing necessarily, but sacrificial living. It is time to forget about the disconnectedness of life and live into the deeply connected community of Christ and to connect or reconnect with the Savior, the Creator, the Giver of grace, the one who cleans our hands and purifies our hearts. We make this call today, not as a burden, but as a joy. A joy to give and hopefully a joy to receive the one who makes us one. So we're going to sing one more song, our living hope. And as we sing this song, we're going to ask that if you're on the fence, if you are thinking that maybe God is calling you to a greater and more powerful following of him, this is the time to pray that prayer and see what God calls to your heart. And if this is something that you've accepted a long time ago, we want you to be praying for the people who are making that decision today. We'll sing the song and then I'll come back up. And it's no big, huge fanfare. It's simply an invitation to come down. And for those of you who are over in North, we want you to know that we're making the same call for you. Pastor Adam will be over there to receive you when we make this call. He'll just step right up to the front and we'll have you come down. Today, we've already seen lives change. We've already seen people make decisions for Christ. And we expect that to happen in this service as well. And we pray that it does. So sing with us, pray. And the next time you see me, I'll be asking you to come forward and 
give your life to Christ, surrender all of it to him. Submit to his grace and his mercy so that you can live the life and the life of abundance that he has for you today. Stand and worship with us one more time. Let's sing this together, church. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name.
So this is it. If God has been pulling on your heart and it's time for you to come and make that decision, I'm just going to step down here. I'm going to ask you to come forward. We're going to pray together and then we'll send you off to be baptized. Then the group here will sing one more song. We'll sing kind of a reprise of this one and then we'll go out and we'll have the baptism. So if God is calling you today, we're going to ask that you come forward right now. sure everyone's got a chance. want to make sure everyone's got a chance. If this has inspired you in any way, we'd love you to come down. If not, we're so thankful for you guys. Praise God. Let's do this. Come on in. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you brought these young men. Um, you moved their hearts, Lord. May they, may they understand the fullness of your love for them, the overwhelming grace that you want them to live in their lives can be just full of unfettered and unrelenting love, Lord. Lord, be with them as they get baptized today. And Lord, if there's anyone else, we want to make sure they have the opportunity as well. If they don't want to walk down here because it's a little scary, they can just go to the back with the baptismal and we'll give them everything they need. So Lord, thank you so much for your grace, for your mercy, for your love for us. In your name I pray. If you guys just go back to the baptismal out in the back out there, he's got him. Nate's got him. All right, you guys, let's sing one more time. Let's sing one more time, and then we'll see you outside. Thank you. 